I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. From the Boston Globe, this is Love Letters. I'm Meredith Goldstein. I think that some of the worst kind of breakups are the cloudy ones, the ones that leave us with too many questions. Based on the letters I see in my advice column, there are two kinds of cloudy breakups. One is when you don't even know whether you've been dumped. You're like, are we taking a break? Am I supposed to work on myself and come back later? Is this really over? The other leaves you asking one question 7,000 times. Why? So many letter writers are like, why did this happen? Why can't it work? Why did this end? They need a cause of death, but they don't get one. Take this letter, for example. I received it from a guy who I'll call Dante, and you'll hear why. Producer Scott Hellman reads. I met my girlfriend eight years ago in college. We fell in love, have traveled the world together, and supported each other as we pursued our dreams. I'm 29. She's about to turn 30. We have all the same friends. Two years ago, we bought a place together. We've been happy and deeply in love the entire time and are compatible in terms of values, passions, and interests. Or so I thought. Weeks ago, out of the blue, she said she wasn't sure how she feels about me anymore. We wrote a list of things to improve our relationship, but after a week of trying, I asked how we were, and she said she was still unsure. I reacted emotionally and said I would do anything for her. It got very heavy, so she asked for some space, although it seems like she's made up her mind already. Any advice is much appreciated, as I'm currently in Dante's first circle of hell. I was so struck by this. This was one of those letters that so clearly described that feeling a lot of us experience. Was Dante even broken up with? And if so, why? It's clear from the letter he has no idea. If my goal is to figure out a cure for the common breakup, or at least the best ways to expedite the process of getting over a romantic heartache, I guess I have to ask, is it easier to move on if you have all the answers? I've asked some experts about this, But before we get there, I'm going to talk to my sister, Brett. She's a casting director in New York. You've heard from her in some previous episodes. I go to Brett for all things because, A, she has no filter, and B, she's had almost every kind of romantic experience and confusion there is. So I live and learn vicariously. Sometimes with letter writers, I feel like half the problem is that they have gone through a breakup and they don't even know it, that their significant other has come up with all of these reasons why they have to take a break or why they can't be together. And it's so unclear that they can't actually believe it's true. Mm. And I'm wondering, like, do you think there's a right way to break up with someone? Like, how honest should you be? How forthright should you be? How transparent? Okay, radical truth, radical honesty, absolute transparency, speak your truth, make sure that they're listening to you. And just don't hit below the belt because this is not about character assassination. This is about 
you being free, setting somebody else free. It's about like living your truth and, you know, and, and, and both of you finding happiness. If someone is clear and someone is actually doing a good job expressing why they need to leave, that the real lessons and what we need to be taught is how to receive a rejection and listen to it and hear it and understand it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. You're, God, you're right. This is terrible, terrible, heartbreaking shit. How do we receive that and move on and know that it's going to be okay? What Brett says gets to the heart of the matter. In a breakup, maybe both people have jobs to do. The dumper has to be clear that, number one, this breakup is happening. And number two, here's the reason why. The person who gets dumped has to accept the terms of rejection, no matter how unjust or terrible they may feel. In Dante's case, his girlfriend seems to be trying to end things, but she's being super unclear. But also, maybe Dante's not doing a perfect job of accepting what she's trying to tell him. Cloudy on all sides. Stuck in that first circle of hell. Limbo. Honestly, maybe we just never learned how to do this correctly. Think about it. Did anyone ever teach us to navigate this stuff? No one told me. There are some folks who are actually trying to change this. I recently found out about this app called Mend, which is designed to help people get over their heartbreak. Mend has a slogan, we never get sick of your breakup. I spoke with El Huerta, the founder and CEO of Mend. I wanted to know more about this instinct, after you get dumped, to investigate why. Like, does it really help to go all spotlight team on your breakup? Hello, El. Hi, Meredith. So let's start by just defining this wonderful thing you've created. What is Mend and how did it start? So Mend is a self-care app that helps you through heartbreak and beyond. And, you know, like a lot of people, I had gone through a breakup and I was sort of scrambling for resources, looking for help online. I felt like I was probably talking my friend's ears off. And um, I just remember being up late one night and searching for breakup advice. And a lot of the advice that came back just seemed sort of cliche and just wasn't very helpful. And so... I really built Mend um, for myself. You know, it's something that I would use, and it's very much like a personal trainer for heartbreak. I know that on the website you talk about a Japanese art form that's very meaningful um, as a metaphor for for sort of what can happen to us after breakups. And am I saying it right? Kintsugi? Yeah, Kintsugi. So, yeah, there's a sort of art tradition where pottery is broken, and then when it's put back together, they use gold to actually fill in the cracks. So it's, you know, more beautiful for having been broken. And I feel like that's such a wonderful metaphor. I feel like heartbreak is really, um, you know, if you allow it, it can be such a transformational experience. Um, And it's obviously painful to kind of turn inward. But there's just so much opportunity for growth. And the app works like this. You start out by taking a diagnostic test. It asks you a series of questions to gauge where you are in your breakup and then checks in with you every day. So there's something called breakup interference. You know, how much is your breakup interfering with your ability to just, you know, get out of bed and and go to work? I think that kind of self-assessment can be difficult, but I think the really beautiful thing about it is that it's something that we ask you every day, so the answers change over time. And so that's why kind of having that check-in on a daily basis, which is a big part of MEND, is so important because it is really hard to kind of measure your progress over time uh, when you're going through heartbreak. 
So the big question that I'm trying to answer is, are there ways to get over it faster? And and one thing I see a lot in the advice column is that there is some confusion about the breakups themselves. I wonder how much confusion and ambiguity of, in you know, or a lack of information contributes to how people accept a loss in this kind of way. That's really interesting that you say that. It is one of the most common breakup reasons that we see from menders, that they don't know why they broke up. They call it sort of ambiguous loss. What we really try to support people through and and try to help them realize is that they sort of have the power to not find closure, because I do think closure is a myth, but they do have the power to sort of make peace with unanswered questions. You know, I think our culture is very much like black and white, you know, are we together or not? And, you know, we're very, you know, A or B as a as a culture. And um, so I think when the, whenever there's gray area or something in between, I do think it is it is harder. But it's definitely possible to get through. And there are certainly very tangible things that you can do to sort of speed up the process. Can you talk about like some of the tips you give to people who feel that lack of closure? My main tip for someone who's experiencing the lack of closure is to not look externally for the answers. This is a major point, and it's one I've struggled with in the column. We often prolong the pain by searching for answers. Elle says you can't depend on getting those answers from someone else. But I think the most important thing is to turn inward and look to yourself for answers and know that it's within your power. You don't have to wait for someone to give you closure. You know, you don't have to wait for someone else to to answer questions for you. You can sort of do the work on your own and follow your own path, regardless of whether or not your your ex sort of gave you the closure that you that you wanted or were looking for. You said earlier that closure is a myth, and I'm thinking of my college boyfriend who broke up with me, and I kept saying, why, why, why? And he said, Meredith, the only real closure is death. (laughs) (laughs) But do you think that closure is a myth? In some cases, can you walk away from a relationship truly knowing every reason why it ended? No, I don't think you can, because I think, you know, at the end of the day, a relationship is... Between usually, you know, it depends on the relationship, but usually the relationship is between two people. And so, you know, there's half of it that, you know, you're just not privy to. You don't know sort of what's driving someone internally. And that's sort of that's just part of being human. Um, It's part of the, you know, discomfort of being human sometimes. But I think because of that, you can never really know what, you know, what motivated someone to end a relationship, uh, even if they give you reasons, um, they may not even know why they ended a relationship. It sounds like one of my big takeaways from this is that part of getting over it is accepting that you're not going to know the why, or at least not with 100% clarity, and that no matter how you're broken up with, no matter how much information you're given, you have to be able to take steps forward without, um, without being able to define it. I think that's absolutely right. It's a lot like an itch that if you scratch it, you you know, you'll just get itchier and itchier. And it's the same way with trying to answer questions about your breakup. Worth Um, noting, Elle doesn't even like to use the phrase get over a breakup. She says that's not what it's about. So, you know, a lot of it really is about um, making peace with unanswered questions. 
Living with ambiguous loss sometimes means you have to stop asking questions. You just need to move on without all the answers. I want to go back to what I said earlier about none of us ever learning how to break up. When I think about the cloudiness of breakups, I actually think back to some of my earliest memories of rejection. I remember asking a boy to my eighth grade farewell dance. He said no. He wanted to go stag. Of course, at the dance, he was there with a date, my friend. I wound up spending the night staring at them while attempting to dance to Bon Jovi. It would have been better for him just to tell me that he wanted to take her instead of me, but he didn't know how to pull off that kind of clear rejection. Of course, now that I'm way older, I find that people still don't know how to deliver bad news. I sometimes still don't know how to reject or how to cope. This is why I was psyched when I found out that Boston, like the city of Boston where I live, treats breakups as a public health issue. They run this program called Start Strong, it's designed to prevent violence among teens by teaching them how to have healthy relationships. It's part of a national effort. But Boston does a very cool thing. They host these annual breakup summits where teens literally learn how to break up right. It's like Breakups 101. I spoke with Jess Alder, who runs the Boston program. So let's start at the beginning. What is Start Strong? Start Strong is a high school peer leadership program that aims to prevent teen dating violence and promote healthy relationships. So we work with a cohort of around 20 high school students. We teach them all about prevention and promotion so they become young experts in the field. And then we also discuss intersectionality, systems of oppression, and we use primarily a media literacy lens to unpack those conversations. Basically, they talk about what we see on TV, online, in pop culture, and how that colors how we think about relationships. And when I first read about your program and about this idea of teaching young people just about the basics of a breakup, this light bulb went off where I was like, no one ever taught me not just how to be broken up with, but even how to break up. My health class didn't say to me, like, you're going to get dumped and here's how it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not many people have an opportunity to talk about breakups, and it's something that most of us will experience multiple times. And Start Strong realized that pretty early on, and they introduced the concept of having a summit to bring together young people to have conversations around how breakups are playing in their life, um, what they can do to cause less harm, because we do know that it is painful. And so how can we kind of minimize the impact it'll have on all parties? They do a number of things to help teens get over breakups and how to best handle relationships. Like, they give them this quiz. It's called a healthy relationship quiz. If the top three things you want in a partner aren't there, the relationship probably isn't going to work. That seems like a really good lesson for adults, too. A lot of what we do can be translated yeah, for adults. Yeah, I'm starting to get that as a theme that perhaps everyone <laughs> needs to go back and have this <laughs> seminar. Yeah. <laughs> the program also gives tips about how to deliver bad news. They suggest that dumpers state what they've liked about a relationship, even as they end it, but also that they clearly state what's been lacking and how their needs aren't being met. This avoids some of the cloudiness. Yeah, there's plenty of cliches out there that people can use as pointers to help get them out of a relationship, like, it's not you, it's me, there's plenty of fish in the sea, etc. But none of those actually get to the root of what's going on. And it actually, as a segue, reminds me of... Uh, 
the TV show Parks and Rec when Chris Traeger breaks up with Ann Perkins and she doesn't know. She doesn't know. That he's broken up with her. I love that show. Uh, (laughs) Ann Perkins. If you haven't seen the episode, Ann Perkins has just been dumped by her boyfriend, but doesn't realize it. He's so kind, yet so ambiguous about what's happening, that she has no idea she's been dumped. God. I'm so sorry, honey. I'm so embarrassed. I was scared that you were cheating on me. (laughs) No, I'm not cheating on you, but I'm, I'm also not dating you. We broke up last week. It's funny on the show, but super painful in real life. The point is, that's why they're teaching teens to be clear. Clarity is even that much more important because teens have their own hyper-specific ways of talking about dating. And young people, what I think is really neat is that they have a term for each stage of the relationship. So it's um, like we're just talking. We're simply having a conversation. We're getting to know one another. And you can do that with a variety of people. Um, And then it can go all the way up to maybe something like hubby-wifey is a term that they can use that that illustrates how close they are and how much they kind of are committed to one another. And while that's awesome that they're labeling each stage, a consequence is that there's confusion around what can be expected in each of those elements. And Jess says the way we process breakups can be heavily influenced by gender, race, class, age, everything. I think there's a lot of factors that play into that. Some could be gender norms and how women are conditioned or perceived to be more emotional or needy when they just state their needs. Um, And sometimes men can be socialized to not be open or forthcoming with how they're feeling or what they're needing. And with those mixed messages, we're going to have a missed opportunity to connect and communicate. One of the ways they're handling this issue of gender norms is through role play. And we usually give a scenario that says you're a young man that was just broken up. How do you respond? And then we have you're a young woman that was just broken up with. How do you respond? And typically when they act out the woman that just had a breakup, she's calling her friend, she's eating ice cream, she's sobbing. And then when we have the guys acting it out, they're really tough. They maybe play some video games and they say some derogatory remarks about women and they they keep it bumping. But Jess says the students she teaches are starting to see these very gendered reactions as a problem. It's limiting, and it's, it's not fair to anyone to feel like they can't express themselves in a way that is cathartic and helpful for them. I see this a lot in my column. Women write to me sad, and they're shown empathy from commenters. Men write in miserable, and they're told by some to man up. They're not supposed to be upset. I'm encouraged that Start Strong is working to fight this. After talking to Jess, I wanted to hear from one of her students helping to spearhead this program, and so I met one of them. Her name's Kara Davis. She's 17. The letters I get are from people who are seemingly grown-up people who are still asking these same questions. Mm -hmm. I have to wonder whether you feel comfortable now saying, this is a conversation I'm going to continue to have as I get older. It doesn't stop when you turn 18 because you know everything. I imagine that there are older people in your life where you say, oh, no, they, they need to keep talking about this. <laughs> yeah, I do see a lot of older people. It's weird because I think like when you get older, you probably find a way to deal with it. But I have seen a lot of older people deal with it in ways that I'm like, oh, I don't think you should deal with it that way. Maybe you should take another route. So when I get older, I think I'm definitely still going to have these conversations. I think it's important. 
So there is hope for the future, at least if you have the opportunity to work with Start Strong. In Boston, teens are learning that they have to be thoughtful about their relationships, not just now, but for the rest of their lives. I am hopeful in a way because I see the conversations that take place and how into it people get. And I think the program does a lot of great work. If I've learned anything from these wise teenagers and the breakup app, it's that everyone has responsibilities when a relationship ends. To the dumpers out there, please be clear. If it's over, say so. And for the people on the other side, stuck in the fog, you're entitled to be saddened to process it. Of course you should do self-reflection. But at some point, you have to stop asking why. There's only one person with answers, and it's you. That's how you get over it. Or, as El Huerta would say, make peace with it. Like that broken vase held together by gold. Love Letters is a production of the Boston Globe. The podcast is produced, edited, and engineered by Amy Padula. Music by APM. Our executive producers are Scott Hellman and Janice Page. Audio mixing by Maria Muriel. Special thanks to Joseph Tavares, Linda Henry, and Brian McGrory. Next time, we'll take a look at those objects left behind after a breakup. In my case, it was a t-shirt. We'll figure out whether you're supposed to keep those things or throw them away. Be sure to subscribe to Love Letters on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're online at loveletters.show. And if you like us, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm Meredith Goldstein. Thanks for listening.